Sony. Hello, Canada. Welcome to a special edition of Canadian Common Sense, Canada's issues in under an hour. Today's date is February 15th, 2022, and it is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. Welcome to the new world. Yeah, and that's why I say it's a special edition. Um, normally we bring you one show a week, as our regular listeners know. But yeah, when one of the, possibly the largest news item in our country's modern history happens, we've, uh, we've got to bring it. So, here we go, folks. Uh, on the show today, Trudeau goes full tyrant. Jean Charest wants in. Ontario suddenly lifts restrictions. And more. Where do you want to start, sir? Well, let's talk about Jean Charest. Yeah, uh, completely out of the blue, his name was mentioned by some of the political talking heads as a potential Conservative Party of Canada leadership candidate. You and I kind of blew that off on our last show that, uh, well, why would he be interested? And I thought he was much older than he actually is. And turns out that he actually is interested and is actually exploring a, a bid to join that race. Who knew? Yeah, um, he's only 63, which surprised me because I thought he was 63 15 years ago. <laughs> See, that's the vein I was on too. Like, I thought for sure he was in his 70s and I thought, why the heck would you want to get into this at that stage of life? But at 63, I I, I, I could do it. I'd, I'd do it if I was him, sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that... Um, Jean Charest, if he did run for the leadership, I mean, he does, he does, it is a compelling choice for some people. Um, I, not for me, um, because I believe Jean Charest is, an, is uh, the worst kind of politician. I think he's an opportunistic politician. Uh, he, he was the leader of the uh, progressive conservatives back before he defected and became the leader and then premier of Quebec's uh, Liberal Party. And um, so I, I personally think Jean Charest is, is a opportunistic politician, which is the worst kind. And um, I think that... Uh, that he would be a terrible choice. And I don't think conservatives would elect him as leader anyway. But what I do think is that he might actually appeal to a broader section of people. And that's because he's more middle of the road than, or than, than uh, uh, probably most politicians in Canada right now. Uh, because you're either hard right or hard left at the moment. And I think he falls kind of right smack dab in the middle, um, which, uh, you know, I think a lot of a lot of people, especially in Ontario and Quebec, would find compelling. But I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. So, so he's a typical politician. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think it would be bad to have him in the race. I'm, I'm, I'm actually impressed that he's interested. Honestly, I look at him as being yesterday's man because 
he was he's been in the game for so long and then he got out of the game and yeah i i mean i think that he's past his best before date but at 63 that's not that old um i agree with you he brings a lot to the table as far as he's much more moderate he's very well spoken he's you know like pierre polyev he's very fluent in both lang official languages he's experienced i mean he's got a lot going for him he's got a great resume but yeah i, I could see having him in the race and you know if, if there's more than two combatants you know going quite quite far because i think he will bring that progressive element that uh that you'll see especially in quebec conservatives uh along with him and in ontario too for that matter so so great i don't think he would win that race but but yeah now you know if i've had a day to think about it i actually would uh I'd like to see him in there. I, I would welcome his addition to to the race just just to make it interesting. And it would be interesting, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah, like he's uh Yeah, I don't know. I mean I, I heard somebody say that uh one of the talking heads when I was listening this morning had said that, well, you know, he it's not not uh you know, not a secret that he had prime ministerial ambitions and this could be the election where that could happen. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not saying I want the man as prime minister, but uh. <laughs> Well and and um I, I think that's kind of a weird thing for the t for some of the talking heads to say is it's no secret he has prime ministerial ambitions. Well, no kidding. He was the leader of the party at one time. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's wow, a good point. Way to, way to state the obvious. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, and his, and his experience as Premier of Quebec, liberal, um, he's at least could bring that to the table so he could, you know, again, that just adds to his resume. So, uh yeah, well, but he did. He did rule Quebec like a liberal, though. That's, so, yeah, I mean that's that's why I'm saying he is an opportunistic politician. He just he will like his his convictions are whatever your whatever you want them to be, um, because that's the kind of politician he is. Like he was a progressive conservative, left the progressive conservatives, became a liberal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see which Jean Charest we see in the in the, the the Conservative Party leadership race. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we move on to Ontario and the the provincial issue in Ontario, and that is suddenly the Ontario government, uh, Doug Ford, has announced that they have got a plan to remove COVID restrictions now. I didn't get all the details, but um, from what I've heard, it sounds like they're removing all restrictions at the end of the month, except for masks. Yeah, the 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 one thing that that science is saying, the CDC is saying, the WHO is saying, even the doctors on CNN are saying, is that cloth masks are nothing more than facial decoration. Yep, and you know what? I think that is the only reason that jurisdictions everywhere 
the ones that are keeping masks do want to keep them because they want you to have that physical reminder that you need to be afraid. And I'm not. Double barrel middle finger to your masks. Yeah, I'm done with them, man. As like, as soon as they tell us we don't have to wear them anymore, I'm not wearing it anymore. And I know, like, because when they did that last summer, when they told us that we could we could uh, take our masks off, the very first morning, I went into uh, the Seven Eleven, and I was the only one in there not wearing a mask. I did not care, and I will not care again. Oh, yeah, I am totally with you. I'm counting down the days. I mean, uh, here in Saskatchewan, as of yesterday, the Vax Passport is no longer needed to get into a restaurant or a liquor store or gym, etc., etc. And, yep, 13 more days and the mask is gone, too, and I will not miss that one bit. And like you, I'm going to be the guy walking into the 7-Eleven with no mask on, and I don't care what kind of looks I get. No, and... uh... And I'll be sitting over here giving you the finger because I will still be wearing masks. Yeah, well, we're going to get to to your particular part of the world in our uh, in our next big discussion because yeah, there's a whole lot wrong over in your end of the world. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. There was a time when you and I were proclaiming the BC NDP as having managed the uh, pandemic the the best in Canada, and now they're among the worst. Um, and, uh, and today they're going to be announcing a bunch of, uh, restriction removals, but I don't, I don't see vax passports or masks being part of that, but we will discuss that on Sunday when we have our next show, because, uh, that announcement won't be out until after we're done recording ours. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, um, all right, we're going to get into the big topic of the day and that is, well, Justin Trudeau has decided to go full tyrant, which is probably something he's always wanted to do. Uh, you're living in historic times, Canada, because this is the first time that, I guess under its new iteration as the Emergencies Act, but the first time it has been invoked by a federal government. Now, the, these, this replaces what was the War Measures Act, and just a little history lesson for those Canadians who weren't around in 1970, I wasn't born yet either. Um, Justin Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau, in response to the FLQ crisis, had invoked the War Measures Act, and that act was never used again, and and it was replaced in 1988 with what is now the Emergencies Act. And for the first time, Canada, we've had an emergency that the government felt warranted invocation of the Emergencies Act. Yeah, kind of funny. We, we've just gone through two years of uh, dealing with something that could actually be considered uh, something worthy of the Emergencies Act, and it was never invoked because the premiers didn't want it. Um, but all of a sudden, uh, a bunch of peace-loving protesters camped out on the Parliament's front lawn warrants the Emergencies Act, um, like th- this, is an admission of defeat. Absolutely, it is. I'm, yeah, that's 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 the perfect way to put it. It is an admission of defeat. You know, you mentioned that the government had contemplated using the Emergencies Act 
during the COVID pandemic and premiers, uh, yeah, said, no, no, thank you. And this time around, there were four premiers for sure, uh, that being Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Quebec, who all said, uh, no, screw off. We will not be uh, applying your emergency act here. But unfortunately, there are four provinces who did sign on, those being Ontario, B.C., Newfoundland, and I can't remember number four right now. Yeah, I don't know the num- I don't know the fourth one either, but I think yeah. it's uh, I think it might be PEI. I'm not sure, um, but but yeah, forty percent of like four of the ten prov- provincial premiers in this country have all stated they're not in favor of this, but he went ahead and did it anyway, and it's it is it is far reaching. I mean, they they are uh, instructing the banks to freeze bank accounts, whether they are personal or corporate. They are uh, instructing them to freeze um, insurance for the truckers, like their their vehicle insurance. They are uh, going after cryptocurrency. They're, they are limiting um, gatherings, like outdoor gatherings with this. They are, um, it, it's, it's quite insane. It is, yep. The, uh, the crypto thing as far as, the, they're talking about anybody who was involved with a protest that they don't like, essentially, or yep. blockade that they don't like. Anybody who's considered to be involved, period. Though that's you've decided to go down for the afternoon and hold the Canadian flag, you're now involved. The bank will not need a warrant to seize your bank account and freeze it. They can, and they are immune to uh, being sued for doing it if you were innocent of uh, what they're considering a crime of sending money to the truckers. Yeah, that's right. And and in this case, of course, yes, it is about, about the truckers. But here's the thing that where Christopher Freeland said the quiet part out loud. And... Isn't, um, just, I, sorry to interrupt, oh, but isn't, isn't her last name kind of ironic at this point? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yes, so Miss Freeland, saying the quiet part out loud, said that, our government will be introducing legislation to make these rules permanent because our current laws about uh, terrorism financing and criminal financing don't currently include crypto or crowdfunding sources. And yes, I am emphasizing that for a reason, which I'll get to right away. And yeah, such draconian measures like seizing John Doe's bank account for the fun of it also weren't in that counterterrorism legislation, so she will be bringing about new legislation, which will obviously be extended long past the Emergencies Act. Yeah, and um, and you can forget about it being defeated because Jagmeet Singh will be um, voting along with it because Jagmeet Singh votes with the Liberals on everything. Oh, he does, and he's 
he's all in for the for the tyranny. So, yeah, oh, he is. That's, he he didn't. They hadn't even announced that they were going to be invoking the Emergencies Act, and he was like, "Ooh, pick me, pick me! I'll vote for it." <laughs> yeah. Well, he did. Yeah, he was absolutely in favor of it, and with the Emergencies Act, it actually could be revoked by an act of parliament. But that won't happen because, as what as Lewis just said, Jagmeet Singh is going to be voting along with the government. So, really, yeah, I find it funny. I find it funny. Hey, the leader of the party that proclaims that they represent the working man um, is in favor of invoking the Emergencies Act, which does give the government. And I know they've denied that they're going to do this, but it gives them the power to unleash the military on their own citizens because they are trying to basically get the government to enshrine, uh, you know, right to work um, and not being, not losing their jobs because of the vaccine mandate. Oh yeah. It's a, uh, it's a scary road that uh, we're going down with, with this. And uh, now I, it's a 30 day, Invocation of the Emergencies Act, so that, that it's good for thirty days. Can be renewed, of course. But one thing I actually have to appreciate that Marco Mendicino pointed out is that it can also be revoked before the thirty days by an Act of Parliament if the emergency they are attempting to counter has been resolved. So I don't so trust them to do to, that. So, so welcome to thirty days to flatten the occupation. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and as we say on this show, there's more. Of course there's more with this Emergencies Act declaration. The government can, and we know will, prohibit public assembly that could lead to a riot, protest, or other you know illegal activity. The government can prohibit travel to, from, or within a certain area. Oh, downtown Ottawa rings a bell. I mean, Windsor, yeah, and they're uh, they can assume control over utilities. So the government can just come along and say, uh, "Well, hello, Epcor, we're we're going to take over your power grid now." Really? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's more along the lines of um, shut power off to that house. I believe that would be the, what it would be. Yeah, and yeah. This one really bugs me, is that they can assume control over emergency services, personnel, and essential workers. And Mr. Trudeau specifically labeled tow truck drivers in there that, hey, Mr. Tow Truck Driver, I know you said you had COVID and you couldn't go tow these trucks. You now work for the government and we will compel you to go tow those trucks, facing a $5,000 fine and or five years in jail. $5,000 fine or five years in jail? Yep. That seems a little uh, unbalanced. Very unbalanced, yep. <laughs> I mean, so for the past three weeks, the tow truck drivers in Ottawa have been telling officials that they all have COVID for three weeks now. Uh, so they can't go and tow any of these vehicles away. Um, I mean, could they just quit? Or would they still face prosecution? Um, will they be compelled by the government? So they I don't think they could quit. But they could quit their job, couldn't they, as a tow truck driver? But they uh, they now work for the government. The government has commandeered that service. So I uh, 
I don't know that they'd have a choice. I think if they quit their job, the government would be saying, well, then you face the fine or the jail time. That's kind of scary, man. It's pretty scary. So scary, in fact, that Dr. Gad Sad announced this morning that he is, um, and I mean, we all know who Dr. Gad Sad is, uh, that that he is contemplating moving to the U.S. Wow, I did not hear that. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame anybody for that matter. No, I wouldn't either. Although the U.S. is in a bit of a quagmire themselves. So um, I don't know that there's a whole lot of, I mean, let's looking at all the countries in the world right now, despite what's going on here, it's still, I don't know that I'd want to be anywhere else. Um, Although I wouldn't blame anyone for leaving. No. Well, I mean, I, uh, obviously I've spent half a century here, but I tell you, I was, I, I felt hollow inside yesterday when, uh, when this announcement yeah. came out, I was, uh, it was actually surreal. I really, I felt like I was watching this from another planet cause I just couldn't believe that, that Canada was going to in, in, invoke such a draconian measure on their own citizens. Well, I mean, I, I am feeling really, um, defeated myself, uh, more to do with how divided Canada is, how much we hate each other right now. Um, I mean, I've seen messages from people I know, personally know, people that I am related to, whether through blood or marriage, saying some of the most vile, hateful things about anybody that they disagree with. And and it's mostly to do with uh, the truck convoy. I mean, I, I've seen messages saying things like most... Most conservatives are associated with a hate group. Um, conservatives are all scum. Um, they're, these truckers are using kids as human shields. Uh, that um, that they that there should be time limits on peaceful protesting. Um, it's, I, I, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's absolutely heartbreaking to see people I know and love say these kinds of things, especially when they know that people who they are related to are conservatives or support this fight for uh, freedom from mandates. And it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Oh, for, for sure it would be. I mean, I've seen posts online and not from people that I know saying things like, well, people who brought their kids should have their kids taken away. And, uh, and then I've seen that, 
oh, we need to find out who all these people are and get them fired from their jobs. And, and oh, one message I saw was was from a relative, and they said they shouldn't just take their bank accounts and their insurance. They should take everything, including their home. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of vile, disgusting, hateful vitriol that is being said by Canadians. And I know this, it isn't, they're not bots or Russian actors or anything like that because they're people I know personally. I mean, it's, it's disgusting and it's heartbreaking and it just destroys my soul. Yeah, well, and sadly, under the Emergencies Act, government actually could seize assets of, you know, known criminal actors and whatnot. So that isn't actually, you know, outside the realm of possibility for those things to happen. But good Lord, that's, that is absolutely awful that, uh, People, you know, like you say, Canadians are actually wishing this kind of stuff on other Canadians. And uh, I don't have a problem with political disagreements. I don't have a problem arguing politics because, I mean, you and I have been doing it for 25, 30 years. So that part I don't have a problem with. But, yeah, we uh, we started hating each other probably about six years ago. And... This it's just getting so much worse, and this has brought out the worst in people. I think it started much earlier than that. I mean, there was a time where people were literally, I hate using that word, um, they were literally saying that Harper was literally Hitler. Well, that's true. Yeah, and actually, speaking of that, and you had posted up on our Canadian Common Sense Facebook page uh, a Liberal Party attack ad on Stephen Harper, which, again, like a lot of liberal policies and ads, doesn't age very well when it talks about soldiers in the streets and then Trudeau invokes the Emergencies Act. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was, I thought it was very ironic uh, that it was the Liberals that... that made this ad years ago and i mean people remember this it it says you know it it was very dramatic and it's like soldiers with guns soldiers with guns in our streets or on canadian streets like it's it was so dramatic and they were trying to say that that's what harper was going to do was going to unleash the military on canadian cities and nope, it wasn't him. They spelled Trudeau wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, the the War Measures Act was only ever used twice. Once was World War Two, and the other was for Justin Trudeau's um, adopted dad. Because <laughs> so, I mean. Trudeau's not the son of Fidel Castro. He's he's just not. Okay, stop saying that. That's right. <laughs> I, and 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 I and I know we've got listeners that listen to Ben Shapiro, so they'll know where I got that from. Because uh, that was on Ben Shapiro. I, I have to give him credit, that I, and it, it's hilarious. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, I, I just it, it's crazy. It, we're we're just in this situation where I I I think Trudeau is getting closer and closer by the day of losing his job, uh, whether he has to resign or his caucus turns on. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about that in a little bit too here. A bit more on the Emergencies Act. Christopher Freeland was, yeah, she's, I've got no use for her anymore. None. I mean, there was a time when you and I had a sliver of respect for her, but that's that's so gone. And she was uh, she was on, in the, the, the press conference yesterday. She was being so very stern and forlorn and telling people it's time to go home. And then she threatened their insurance. And as a side note, the Emergencies Act, they could, a government could also seize the assets of those protesters if they chose to, which would include those big trucks, etc. And she was threatening them. She was threatening them that, you know, we're going to cut off the money supply. And yeah, she laid it out pretty clear. The only way those truckers are getting any money is if people carry cash to them now. So, so yeah. uh, it bothers me that, I think what bothers me the most is that this was not a violent protest. It was not a violent occupation. It was a group of people who telegraphed, hey, we're coming to Ottawa. See you in a week. And the police knew they were coming and did absolutely nothing to try to curtail the areas they came to, did nothing to try to stop them from coming. And then once they got there, did very little to try to remove them and nor should they have um, I don't think they they should have removed them either but this has been if you want to call it a uh, a failure of anything it's a failure of the Ottawa city police to contain and control this this protest and because the Ottawa police couldn't curtail this protest or contain it I should say the federal government decided Excellent! We are going full dictator on you! And they did. Yep, and in response, the Ottawa police chief has resigned. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Good. Yeah, yeah. he resigned because of all of the um, criticism he was receiving, apparently, and, um, and his inability to control the situation. So... I don't know if the government said, hey, we're giving you an opportunity to resign or you'll be fired. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he resigned today. Oh, well, I hadn't heard that. And I, uh, I can't, you know, hey, I could very easily pin that one on him. He, uh, I know he's asked for more resources, etc. And I'll even give a pass that a lot of the officers on the street simply weren't interested in trying to, you know, be the jackboot thugs to push all these these people dancing in circles singing O Canada away from where they were. So I get it, but this is not a national emergency Canada. But Justin Trudeau has decided to make it so, and he is now bringing the full scope of law enforcement onto geographically targeted areas in provinces that want it, so Ontario, BC, etc. So we're talking about Ottawa, we're talking about the Ambassador Bridge at Windsor, which is now clear. Um, but Premier Horgan in BC could say, hey, how about you send me some resources to the uh, 
Pacific Highway crossing, if that hasn't cleared out already. And it's sad. It's sad that the full power of government is now being unleashed on a group of people that I don't necessarily think deserve it. No. And I mean, they, and Trudeau keeps citing potential violence. I mean, it's been three weeks and there's been no violence. Yeah. And I'm tired of him saying that. Yeah. And he keeps citing potential violence as a reason. And it's like three weeks, no violence, dumbass. Um, and, and the, and the thing is, is that the ambassador bridge had been cleared before they invoked the, the, the emergencies act. Like, and, and, and I noticed how the media and the RCMP are trying to make it sound like the, the firearms that were um, uh, confiscated in Coots, Alberta, were on the blockade when they weren't. They, they were found in a house in Coots, Alberta. And if you read news, the, the news articles from CBC and National Post and such, they don't say that the guns were found at the blockade. They make it sound like it by saying these guns were found near the Coots blockade. Yeah, and then uh, CTV spin was that it was a group of people who had infiltrated the blockade. Do we even know that? No, we don't. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I I don't know. It's it, the 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 time, the timing of it all. Uh, just strikes me as a little too convenient. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and uh, especially when I heard that. Once the news came down about the Emergencies Act, a lot of the people participating in the blockade at Coots uh, decided to go home. And that's so I guess good on you, Mr. Trudeau, because that's what you wanted. But it's, uh, yeah, very convenient timing, isn't it? Yeah, and let's not pretend that that the blockades in Windsor and at Coots was stopping trade. Um, like, those trucks were all being rerouted to different crossings. That's right, yep. Um, so let's not pretend that that it's it's a national emergency because they're like holding the 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 uh, uh, economy hostage or anything. I mean, the government did that the past two years, and suddenly they care about this. Well, that was a point that someone had made. I was listening to uh, one of the shows I was on was that okay, well, you've had the border closed for two years, so clearly you don't care if the border is closed or not until suddenly it's politically expedient for you. Yeah. No, it's a, it, it's sad. But I, uh, no, okay, Canada note, at 35 minutes of our show, I'm actually going to give Mr. Trudeau a small bit of credit because that's all he deserves. He did make it very clear that he, that he said... Invoking the Emergencies Act does not mean that we are going to call upon the military. And he made it very clear that it was going to be, you know, geographically specific, targeted at, you know, the areas it needed to be. So I guess he could have gone much further with this than he has. I don't trust him not to change his mind and go full dictator, but at least he's recognized that 
the Emergencies Act does not supersede the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, but the Senate sure does, just saying, or not the Senate, sorry, the Supreme Court judges sure do. So uh, I think that he, like listening to his press conference, I actually got to say he did sound like he was taking a rather measured approach to it. Still a way over the top, but at least he, he actually sounded like he put some thought into it. And that surprises the hell out of me for him. Yay, he's only half a tyrant. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I want to get to what you had said, that that this could seriously cost him his job. And that is actually a vein I want to talk about here as we wrap the show up, is I think he has probably spent the rest of his political capital on this, and he's too dumb to know it, so... I really think that unless he gets pushed out, he's taking the party down with him. Well, latest polling shows he's only got 16% support right now. All right, 16% of people that are dumb enough to overlook the blackface, the groping, the Wii scandal, oh, scandal X, scandal Y, scandal Z, scandal A, B, C, yeah. SNC Lavalin. Oh, yeah, and... Uh, his Tofino trip on Truth and Reconciliation Day. Yeah, God, there's just the list goes on. His uh, Caribbean trip on uh, during Christmas in the middle of COVID. Uh, oh boy, there's just so much. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much I forget them all. That's right. Yeah, I mean he's got a ton of baggage. And well, you had said in our last show mentioned what a narcissist that he is. Yeah. So he probably doesn't think any of that stuff is really uh, any big deal at all. Now, if you listen to the Roy Green show, he had Dan McTagg on, on his show this weekend. And Dan McTagg and Michelle Simpson, who was a, a liberal MP who actually sat beside Justin Trudeau when they were in opposition, and they both said that uh, he's really got two different personalities, that sometimes he'll be nice and other times he will be foul and be yelling at the same person he was just shaking hands with. And, and big surprise, he's all about himself. So, well, all you have to do is ask Michelle Simpson about that because she said that he would come to the House of Commons and instead of discussing, you know, what was coming up that day for debate or for question period or anything, he would show her covers of magazines with his picture on it saying, hey, look at this, look at this, look at what they're saying about me. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and then sh and show her articles written about him. So. Yeah, I mean, this he is a an extreme narcissist, and there's a video out there uh, where he's talking to Sophie at a party, and he says, I was born to do this. He was, he was put on this earth to do this. That's right, and <laughs> she said to him, be humble. <laughs> he doesn't know what that word means. <laughs> and and it was like, if that little exchange between them doesn't tell you everything you need to know about Justin Trudeau, then you're just not paying attention. Yeah, exactly. So I, uh, I guess the question that I would put to you, Lewis, is, is he going to stay around until either he decides to leave or an election? Or is caucus going to push him out or option c 
is the opposition going to bring his government down and force an election to push him out? Yeah, that won't happen because uh, Jagmeet Singh won't allow it to happen because the NDP are broke and they can't afford to run an ele- another election campaign. Um, the uh, And besides, I mean, everything Justin Trudeau's doing is stuff that Jagmeet Singh supports anyway. Um, the uh, I think that the, the that he, he will stay as long as as he's able. Um, so I think the only way he's losing his job is if the caucus pushes him out. And I think that that's starting. I mean, we've seen three uh, liberal MPs, uh, and a couple of them are noteworthy, uh, such as Anthony Housefather. Um, who have all come out and said, yeah, uh, we need a plan to end this. And you know what? A plan to end this would end the convoy. It would end the protesting. If there is a plan and people know this is when this ends, this is when this ends, this is when that ends, they would all go home. Well, see, that was what bugged me when he was giving his speech about, you know, invoking the Emergencies Act, he was essentially saying, well, there's, there was no other way out of this. And I thought, you lying sack of crap. All you had to do was announce an end to the mandates. And yeah, this would have brought itself to an end. But no, he couldn't do that, of course. So he had to, yeah, go on and say, yep, this was, we, we had no other choice. We had to use the Emergencies Act. Well, no, you could have just said, hey, we're going to bring an end to the mandates, and like you said, everybody would go home. So um, there was a way out. He just chose not to take that way out. Now, yeah. I should add to, uh, before I throw my opinions about his job, there was that motion in the House of Commons yesterday to compel the government to come up with a plan by the end of the month on when to end restrictions. Well, that motion was defeated, so apparently... Only the Conservatives were interested in having the federal government drop re- any kind of restrictions or mandates. Really? Yeah, it was uh, defeated quite soundly, so I don't know if it was just... If the Conservatives uh, had did have some help, because I think it was 172 to 150-something. So the Bloc must have voted with the Conservatives. But, yep, it, it passed. Yeah, I think the Bloc did vote with the Conservatives. That's why I, I was surprised that you said that they were the only ones that were concerned about it. Um, because I, I was positive that the Bloc had voted with, with the Conservatives on that. The, the NDP don't want an end to this, and the Liberals really don't want an end to this. So, um, and, and honestly, uh, Jagmeet Singh is the most cowardly... Um, politician in this country because he holds a lot of power in the House of Commons right now and he's not using it. No, that's right. He's not. And I uh, I think if he was smart, and, he, and he's proven that he's not, he would really be, be punching above his weight right now because Trudeau is weakened. Trudeau doesn't realize that. He doesn't know it. But, but Trudeau is definitely weakened. And I I think, like you mentioned, there's already three MPs who have spoken up. And I think if there's three that have spoken up, I'm going to say there's probably seven or eight more that want to. So I I think Trudeau's going to get pushed out by his own caucus. It's a matter of when. And honestly, because the Conservatives are without a permanent leader right now, I hope that when is this fall. 
Yes. I mean, uh, I, I just, I don't think it really matters when he gets uh, pushed out because they're going to have to have a leadership campaign as well. Um, well, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, because then because right? they want to have time to get Christopher Freeland known as leader, right? So. Yeah, well, Christy Freeland will just automatically take over because she's the deputy prime minister. Yeah. Uh, so she'll take over until they hold a uh, a leadership race, and it, and they but. But then again, it is the Liberals, and they love coronations, so they may just say, nope, you know what, we're just going to go with her. Um, which I think is actually good for the Conservatives, because nobody likes her. Yeah, that's, that's true, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I do, that, that, yeah, that's a good angle. Um, so he actually could get pushed out sooner than the fall. So, uh, yeah, I like the way you think. I'm going to go with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let, let, let's push him out sooner than later. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, I seriously, I seriously do think he's going to get pushed out. I just, I think it's just a matter of time now. I think, I think he's, uh, I think he's. Well, you and I are, are wrong about him so many times, but uh, I'm going to be bold anyway and say, yep, I think this is finally it for him. So he's the one politician in this country that we are consistently wrong about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it, so, I mean, it, I know I say that, you know, I hate being right all the time, but when it comes to Trudeau, I hate being wrong all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, it, uh, no, you're right. Yeah, he he does seem to uh, defy us way too often, so. Yeah, damn you, Trudeau. And that is a good way to wrap the show up. For the Emergencies Act, just for being you. Damn you, Trudeau. Not son of Castro. <laughs> you know, I do love those conspiracy theories, though. I mean, I have lots of friends who will put pictures up on Facebook and stuff, and I uh, I laugh. I don't believe for one second that Justin Trudeau is the illegitimate son of Fidel Castro, but I love the conspiracy theories. I mean, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're hilarious. See, I, I was like you... A few years ago, but when you really do look at their photos side by side when they're at the same age, they look so much alike. Like you, they could pass for one another. Yeah, well, and a friend of mine just recently put up uh, one of those conspiracy theories, and it was about when the Trudeau family visited Cuba, and then Pierre, Fidel, and Margaret flew off to a private island for a weekend getaway and returned and then it was like hey look at the timing that actually could could make it all work out to uh for fidel to be justin's father and i thought but then pierre would have to have been complicit in the the affair because he would have been there so yeah well you never know what he's into you, you never know that that's that's true so. <laughs> allegedly allegedly, allegedly. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Well, on that note... We're going to leave it there, Canada. Damn you, Trudeau. And stay tuned. We are going to keep on top of this one. So until the next time, it is Tony in the free state of Saskatchewan that doesn't want Emergency Act help. And Lewis out here in the communist state of B.C. Good night. Good night.
Louis Antoni.